Traveling the Vortex. Side trip. Welcome to Side Trip number 23, where we talk about TopCon, Eastern Kansas' original geek expo. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How's everybody on this con weekend? <laughs> Exhausted. Are you recovering from the con? Exhausted. We were just commenting before the show that our legs hurt. And the strange thing is, this this convention's like micro compared to some of the big conventions we go to and <laughs> walk to and Comic-Con. walk and walk and walk. And we feel like we all feel like we walked just as much as we can. We probably did. I t- I can't see it. I mean, I I walked around the little exhibit areas and the visitor areas and the. I know yesterday areas. I hit ten thousand steps. Did you? Based off my just phone telling me, not even a Fitbit. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but let's not focus sure on you, the negative. I'm sure you walked more than me because I'm always finding chairs at cons and sitting. <laughs> and I tend to stand a lot more at cons too. So. Well, before we get into our TopCon discussion more in depth, uh, there are some news uh, from our friends at Candy Jar Books. They've announced Series 3 of the Lethbridge-Stewart lines. With Yay, the first got story, renewed. With the first novel, Time Squared by Rick Cross, bringing back the great intelligence. Ooh. Andy Frank of Allen says, For the Forgotten Son, I was interested in wrapping up the story of the great intelligence as seen in Moffat's trilogy and exploring some of its origins. So now it's time to go back to the intelligence as depicted in the original Hazeman Lincoln stories. Ever wonder what happened to it in those long years between the Web of Fear and the Snowmen and how the 1995 straight-to-video film Downtime fits in? Well, now it's time to start <laughs> finding out. Yay! Written by first-time novelist Rick Cross takes some eight month, takes place some eight months after the Web of, Web of Fear, transferring the Yeti from the London Underground to the Underground State Network of New York. Woohoo! Yeti in the New York Underground, yeah. or as we call it here, the subway. In the subway. Well, I'm way excited because of the whole aspect of tying it into... Uh, oh, yeah, the intelligence time. is an Ooh. added bonus. Oh, and, no, down, not downtime. That's the thing. That's the thing we zero in on and go, Glenn's been asking for this for that's the, thing the better you part zero of two in on. years. <laughs> better part of two years. I've been asking, hey, is this going to tie into downtime in any way? And it sounds like I'm going to get my answer. Yeah, here's, here's, here's what's going to happen. We're going to get the book. Chapter one. Bartlett walked into, and he's going to just walk. Watch, <laughs> <laughs> they're just going to kill him in the prologue. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, well, there's that. Well, and, and, and take great comfort in also knowing that they're going to get the American stuff right because it's written by an American. Yeah. They, got, they, they decided, we're going to set this in America, we're going to get an American the right time squared. So maybe he'll call it the subway. <laughs> he'll probably will call it the subway. All the... <laughs> In description, but all the characters will still, would still probably say the underground. Right, right. Well, I, I, and I would expect somebody the, from the, the UK to say, yeah. yeah, call it the underground. I suppose that depends on who our cast of characters is. I'm not going to say. I'll let it be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll put this uh, press release up on our website. You can also see a picture of the cover. Correct? Yeah. That's been yes. released now as well. So, Not only does this novel bring back... The Great Intelligent. It also brings back a character from the BBC range of Eighth Doctor Adventures from the 1990s. That's cool, too. So go read the press release to find out about that. All right, move along. Move along. Move along. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. The book will also have a forward by Terry Malloy, and you can pre-order it in with uh, in the bundle for Series 3, which includes two other books. And at Times Squared is due for release at the end of October. 
So not too far away. Only a month off from uh, between Lethbridge Stewart books. You know, Terry Malloy was in Downtime. Yes, he was. Yeah, he, he played was, the uh, uh, homeless guy. Yeah. That's I right. knew that. Yes. And so did I. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that you knew it. Oh, all right. This is the, see, when you announce things from Downtime. <laughs> <laughs> we know you know them. No, no, nobody is amazed and astounded. <laughs> Unless it's and if we announce something good, from good downtown, point. we try to impress each other, not you. Good point. <laughs> other, other than for somebody to go, man, I can't believe Glenn goes on and on and on about downtown. <laughs> Next, he's going to pull out production notes and go, "Did you know that this scene was actually guest directed well, by Quentin Tarantino?" Since you mentioned it, I will get my notes out of here for. But when we go, yeah, I knew that. You should be like flabbergasted you knew that i did know that wow sean i, I didn't know so that i was just trying to impress oh, you lord <laughs> <laughs> you want a couple more little bits of nuggets from candy jar yeah uh free digital short story only uh wishing bizarre by sharon bidwell will be given out with anyone who pre-orders or subscribes for times squared Ooh, some added incentive goodies. for you and the previously limited print collection the havoc files has been released on kindle oh you can digitally so now purchase you can it get now. a digital copy of the first Havoc Files. The first Havoc right, Files. There you go. So All if you right. did not go pick that up. I did. <laughs> Sean, if you did not go pick that up. Or any listener, if you did not listen, or listen, read that collection of short stories. To any of our listeners, if you didn't listen, <laughs> I can't help sorry. you. sorry. Go pick that up. So we're looking forward to Series 3 of Lethbridge Stewart. Lots of good stuff in it. Yay. Indubitably. Indubitably. My Havoc Files is signed, by the way. <laughs> but is I your know. copy of Downtime signed? <laughs> that that should be, be awesome. your next that thing. Would, well, Mark Platt's still around, so I'd love to get that. Maybe at a future time, Eddie. Maybe. Maybe. You could get Downtime signed by all of the principals that are still around. Well, that, that would, be, would cool. be sweet. That would be really cool. Too bad you already missed Deborah Watley. Not to wait till she comes I did back miss around. Deborah. Yeah, she'll have to come back around. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our review. Oh, wait, we're not doing a review this week. We're, we're actually well, doing technically the, we are. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're talking about Top We're going to talk about Top Con. We're not going to review it. Uh, we're not gonna review. I mean, as far as cons go, I'd give it a three out of four. <laughs> you know. It was a dun-dun-dun. Um, <laughs> I had a lot of fun this year, guys. Yeah, I did um, too. I think the, the con is really clipping along. It's uh, it's growing, getting bigger, and uh, the they're doing good a, things. Uh, uh, a, a, the layout was a big improvement over last year, it I thought. Was. It was yeah. a lot easier to get to everywhere you needed to go. Well, um, because instead of putting us with the wedding as they did last year, <laughs> they put the 50th anniversary that was going on this weekend downstairs in the basement. In the basement. <laughs> so we didn't have to fight with uh, another group. Yeah. We didn't fight with them, but you know, we didn't have to. Uh, we didn't lose space lose because space. of it. Yeah. That's totally the subject of my next short film. A wedding and a sci-fi convention at the same hotel on the same weekend that breaks into fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Gypsy and the gang, they do a phenomenal job. They do. Uh, Gypsy and Debbie and everybody else involved in putting it together. Um, nice, Like you said, nice layout, nice setup. It was nice to have the two ballrooms to be able to have kind of the media guests in one area. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, exhibitors in another. Uh, one of the highlights was the Enterprise Bridge pieces, which was really cool. Which was there, and yeah. thank you so much to uh, which it's a fan replica. Bridge. It is a replica. Yes, Starbase. Uh, what's Starbase Studios? Starbase yes. Studios. Thank yes. you. I thought I had it right, but I wasn't sure. Uh, and, and Gypsy and everybody for contacting them and for them to truck you know 
it up here and, yep. and do that. This and is the last con yeah. that it is appearing at. So. Interesting side note, as Fallout from the Star Trek fan films guidelines that Paramount has released, with uh, Star Trek Phase 2 shutting down production of actually doing new episodes, James Crawley and his group have signed a deal with Paramount to offer tours of their bridge sets. They have all the sets. They've got the engineering room, the bridge, the transport room, all the stuff that they've built for their fan uh, productions. Since they can't shoot fan productions anymore, you can now go and tour those sets. Oh, that's cool. And it's a real, it's in Ticonderoga, I can't say it, New York. It's in New York. Ticonderosa. Ticonderosa? Wherever that town is up in New York, I'm brutalizing yeah. it. But Ticonderosa. I don't. That, I've never heard it. of it. I don't know. Oh. I've never heard of it. <laughs> it was a battle there. We that's learned about it in history. Ticonderosa. You may have learned Ticonderosa. about it. Ticonderosa. Rosa. Rota. I don't know what it is. It's a town in New York. Anyway. Well, I probably knew it, but now you've got Ticonderosa in my head. Don't be making fun of my English, man. Is it Ticonderoga? Yeah, that Ticonderoga. One. <laughs> that's totally different from Ticonderosa. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ticonderoga. And and, and, and where is uh, the, uh, the the Slovene from, Glenn? What planet? <laughs> Rex. Yeah, I don't want to hear it from you. <laughs> so, <laughs> or, uh, my, my daughter could do it. <laughs> what's, what's the final episode of Tom Baker's run? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> is it Castrovalva or no, Logopolis? No. There you go. I can't use that one anymore. He finally learned it. Yeah. Anyway, so you can go to New York and you can actually tour the Ticonderoga. You, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can actually tour the bridge sets and the engineering sets and all that kind of stuff, which I think is very cool. Unfortunately, because of that deal being signed, they are now the exclusive tour group for the sets, which is why we're the last con to get that you, you can't take a bridge set on tour now because that's all tied up in litigation with. Well, not in litigation, with, it's well, a contract. It's a con- yeah. Under contract, it's yeah. Under contract. With that deal now. So we were, the Paramount was nice enough to say, okay, that's already a signed deal. We're not going to stop you from doing that, but you, we'll stop you from doing it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. I feel fortunate to have got to sit in the chair. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah. That's pretty cool. And I thank you guys for that opportunity to be captain and sit in the chair. So it was, it was only right that you be captain. That's Aww. the way we looked at it. Not because you're in charge, because you're the biggest Star Trek fan. Well, actually, secretly, is because we don't want you driving. <laughs> <laughs> you can pilot, but we are, we'll take care of the driving. <laughs> Point us in the general direction, John. We'll take care of the nuances. So I can start from the right and not until morning. <laughs> uh, what did you pick up at the con? Anything, anything special? Autographs. Autographs. Was really my, uh, my, my thing. What was autograph did you get? Uh, well, we got Spencer, which was very cool. Uh, Chuck Huber, who is on Star Trek Continues. He played Dr. McCoy. Uh, on that show, and apparently I did not uh, know this at the time. He is a voice actor of uh, apparently one of the higher tiers. Uh, he has now done voices for over 200 characters in different animated series. It's pretty impressive. That's a very impressive list. Yeah. Um, but he was a delight and uh, a joy to talk to. And I also got to talk to uh, Patrick Barnett, or Barnett. It's spelled with an I, but I think it's pronounced et, uh, who is kind of Star Trek's go to Borg. Anytime you see a Borg in an episode of Star Trek, it's probably him. Uh, he uh, featured very prominently in First Contact and going forward. Um, in fact, he's on the poster. He's the, the lead Borg down at the bottom of the Oh, is that sheet. right? Okay. Is, is him. In the line? In the line, yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, on the TV guide with Kate Mulgrew, that was him. I mean, he's, he's, okay. he's, he's, he's done a lot of Borg. He also played uh, many different Bajorans on Deep Space Nine and um, several other 
uh, things, and he he was also a delight to talk to. So those were kind of my my three big autograph. I'm surprised you didn't get a Noel Harris or Noel Hannibal. Um, I thought about Noel, but I don't know enough of her work. I mean, when you've played all of the Borg, it's kind of like okay, you know, that that's enough of a, yeah. a character actor that you're a monster actor, if you will. That that I'd be, you know, if you play one Romulan in one episode, it's kind of like eh, okay, uh, but I'm not familiar enough with her to have necessarily really gone after it. And mm. that's Fair enough. So. But they were all delightful people to talk to. Everybody we talked to, even the ones I didn't get autographs from, just everybody seems to really appreciate TopCon and the, the, the efforts that the staff put into. And everybody talked about how friendly we are. Not us. But well, we were friendly, too. But, <laughs> I mean, Kansas. We tried in Kansas and yeah. Topeka. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I have to be honest, kind of surprises me a little bit every time I hear it. It doesn't surprise me because from from an outsider perspective, I think that's we, we are kind. We are nice. We are very friendly. I think when you you kind of temper your um, expect not expectations but your your idea of how we are based on where we are and who you know who who we talk to and interact oh, with yeah. and from our perspective we you know we are with each other every day I mean with we're with Kansans every day but from out the outside from when people tell me that it seems like if you go somewhere else it's even worse so <laughs> people are more mean people are well, yeah, it's so, like going to a bigger city and then coming to a smaller town i mean in comparison to like new york or wales or sure. london you come to wales is a country wales is yeah, wales <laughs> but it's one big city isn't it i mean i know uh, <laughs> cardiff. cardiff cardiff is all of wales <laughs> yes exactly that's cuz of the space and rip <laughs> Geography is my strong suit. Well, yeah, he's getting on me on how to pronounce Ticonderosa, and, you know. But you, you come from those bigger places. And when I got on him for saying Wales, wrong, or yeah, saying no, no, no. Wales was a country. He's just, he's just all said, about the knowledge have tonight. an equal opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but you come to, from a bigger city like that to a relatively smaller city like Topeka, and the uh, people tend to be friendlier. Part of that urban to suburban area kind of differential. So it's kind of like a reverse music man. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really nice to everybody else, but we don't like each other. Right, much. right. Yeah, oh, okay, I get it now. But yeah, everybody was. Uh, everybody had a good time. It looked like they, yeah. the, the staff it looked uh, like it was really well attended. It was um, a pretty good crowd on Saturday. I brought Mason today. He had a grand time. Uh, we were, he wasn't there very long, but we did pick up. Uh, besides getting Spencer's autograph, which he thought that was pretty cool, he went, we, we got home. He says, well, "Can we frame that? Put that on my wall?" Because he's got you know a, a superheroes theme, and while while Spencer's not really a superhero <laughs> he's, he's a prison guard um but he thought that would be pretty cool to go along with his comic book type be, stuff yeah. so and then we also got some uh artwork from uh i don't know if you guys know chris uh, roca jr uh he does some of the like prints he uh, the, the particular ones that, that he we've got we got caitlin and undertale one at paracon and then this time we got uh mason a, a undertale one and then he as mason was standing there he goes can we get caitlin something i said yeah i suppose we could and i thought he would say the undertale one she's apparently into this game called overwatch now and the guy had a picture of uh, that he had an art artwork from overwatch oh. so she, he goes can i get caitlin that one and i said well yeah, sure do, 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 will she know who that is and he's like oh yeah that's overwatch and he started explaining who this character was like, oh okay yeah sure get that so he got that and they, of course they're signed so that was pretty cool Sarah wanted me to pass along how well-behaved Mason was. Oh, well, thank you. He's a good kid. He is. (laughs) (laughs) And how not well-behaved Katrina was. (laughs) Uh, That's the age and part of being only an only child, I think, too. (laughs) Uh, We got Spencer's autograph, and then Sarah got this little 
dragon egg Excuse me. type thing. It's a, it's it's a dragon bursting out of an egg, but you take the lid off. Did you get that over at that table yeah, by the kids' zone? The, yeah, the that one I, that, that I called Norbert coming yeah, out of the egg. Yeah, okay. but we got the one that didn't have the egg on its head. It was, oh, okay. was more out. Oh, his like it had an expression that very much looked like Cody. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah needed that. So that's a cute little little jewelry box. Very cool. I thought all of the stuff on that uh, vendor's table was really yeah, cool. Yeah, it was really yeah. neat. Especially, and I actually considered this, and if, if I were still into fantasy as much as I were about 10, 15 years ago, I considered getting one of the little dragons that's sitting on the, the glowing gem, and the gem oh, actually changes because yeah. it's like LED light inside there. They have some really, really cool neat. magnetic salt and pepper shakers, too. Oh, I didn't see those. Yeah, those are the very end. They had like a robot, and they had a... Uh, a vampire and a woman, so it's... What? Yeah. A vampire and a coffin. They were down. Really? Yeah. Oh. And they were really they were really neat. I was really tempted by Aww. them. Oh. I wish I'd have seen those. I probably would have bought those. <laughs> they were pretty Aww. cool. <laughs> and the journals. The leather-bound journals. Yes. They had a lot of good vendors yeah. this year. There, were, there was. there. I think they, they had more vendors this year, which I think will help as far as cost, because, you know, obviously when you rent vendor space, you get a good chunk yeah. of money of that. Um, they seemed like a little wider variety this year. Yes, too, maybe. they certainly did. And they had, you know, some. They had some. The retro gaming thing was back this year, which is pretty cool. He didn't uh, call me about my uh, Nintendo Entertainment System in box. Oh, you didn't win the raffle. I didn't win the raffle. I forgot to sign. I saw that. And I forgot to sign up for the raffle on that. You didn't win either. Uh, well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> but that was for lack of trying. <laughs> um. And then uh, a lot of artists I noticed this year, a lot more than I think they had last year. Um, so it's, yeah. it's coming along. They're building. They're gaining the momentum. Um, I, I, you know, not complaining, but I'd like to see some more big media guests. I think Spencer was really cool. And I, I didn't really real. I knew he'd been in a lot of stuff. I didn't realize how many different projects he's oh, yeah. done. He's done a lot. And until we we talked to him and and, and kind of you know, as I was preparing for the the con, I kind of went over. Uh, IMDb and and which differs a, has there there's actually I think fewer projects on IMDb than there was on his Wikipedia page which I thought was strange because usually IMDb's pretty zeroes in on that kind of stuff but uh, anyway so yeah uh, just looking at that and, and realizing how much he's actually done and he's been acting for a lot longer than I thought he had and he's such a nice guy oh he is oh my gosh such a nice man such he, a gracious man he was. He was just he was kind of there for us anytime we needed something. Oh, and he was, was there for everybody. Yeah, he yeah. was. It wasn't he would just constantly us. come was, around the table to take a picture yeah. or to get down and pet a dog that came through or whatever. He was super excited to see absolutely everybody. He was. He just acted like he was having a grand time. Yeah. There, so interacted with babies and Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a funny man too. Very very, very funny. As you'll learn in uh, the interview, we did get a chance. We did a panel with him on Saturday. Uh, it was Doctor Who panel. We we sp- sp- tried to specifically talk mostly about his roles in uh, Doctor Who, and uh, but we did kind of expound a little bit on it beyond that. And then on Sunday afternoon, which is today as we're recording this, we had a chance to sit down with Spencer Wilding and uh, talk to him about uh, a little more about Doctor Who and get some of his insights. So uh, should we give that a listen? Let's yes. All right. Well, uh, we're sitting here today with Mr. Spencer Wilding. Hi, guys. All the listeners out there. And uh, Spencer, of course, for all of our listeners should know uh, that uh, you were in several episodes of Doctor Who. You were in The God Complex. You played the Minotaur. You were in uh, The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. played the Wood King. And you were in Cold War and played, uh, what was the character's name? Skaldek. Skaldek, the Ice Warrior. There you go. 
Tell us a little bit about uh, your experiences on the show. Yeah, it was uh, when I got when I got the phone call of uh, Neil Gordon's uh, SFX team. Uh, I've I had worked with them before, so they know know who I am. They know my capabilities when it comes to bringing these monsters alive. And uh, so they asked me, uh, would I be interested in coming home and playing one of their monsters? And I said, well, Doctor Who, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome to, you know, this that show's going to go on forever. And it's just awesome to be part of the Doctor Who family. And you had a good time? I had an awesome time, yeah. So uh, the first creature that I played was a creature, and he was uh, uh, the Minotaur in the God Complex. Uh, he was a Minotaur, and he, uh, he was thousands of years old. Uh, and the, his spaceship sort of thing constructed into a into a, um, a hotel and Matt Smith arrived realising I was taking out everybody who had faith I started going through them all taking them one by one but I, this creature was like like say thousands of years old he just he wanted to die in a way because he was quite sad and uh, so he was just going on, uh, on on what he naturally did and that was a uh, if you had faith to kill you and leave you the smile on the face. So when Doctor Who, Matt uh, discovered my secrets as such, and uh, he 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 sussed me out, and uh, yeah, I died in his arms basically. And I, I was, you know, we had a moment there between each other, and he uh, started crying when he killed me. But I looked from the mask and I thought, well, you kill me. So yeah, it was it was it was cool. And then I played uh, the Wooden King, and Paul Casey was the Wooden Queen, and it was a. Uh, it was a great costume to work. It was a great character. Uh, I had a whole forest living in my head, which gives you a bit, of, a bit of a headache. But um, they got released, so it was all right. Uh, and then I went on from there to play Skaldak. So he was the most confident out of the three of them. The presence he gave me and and uh, what happened on the, on this on the submarine. Skaldak was a I'm sure all you guys know probably more than me, but he was the most honourable warrior from planet Mars. I was in a battle fight with my daughter. Um, and next minute, flash, bang, wallet. I was, um, I wasn't in that fight anymore. I was in a big block of ice, and I got dug out, and I ended up coming out onto a, brought onto a submarine. They thought I was a a walrus or something, but they had a nasty shock when they melted me and let me out, because I'm very horrible. And then all of a re- all of a sudden, I realised I was, I was on a nuclear sub, and uh, so I just went looking for the red button. So I just wanted to take this human race out. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, I sort of understood them in the end, so I, I let them live. <laughs> so I let my boys come down and come and got me and took me off. You had watched Doctor Who growing up. When you got cast as the Ice Warrior, did you go back and do some research? Since, like, I understand your first Doctor was Tom. So did you go back and watch some of those, or did you just kind of take a fresh approach to it? Well, I just I just naturally let it, let, let it come to me. So um, after I filmed the character and we'd done the show, I just got I did get a little bit interested, and then I, and I went on to. Uh, I went to YouTube and things like that and checked him out and uh, and yeah it was great you know because that, that character hasn't been back for 40 years it was the what was the, the actor's name again he played it he was out the Carry On Laughing films oh uh, he was like the same height and got a similar look to each other I can't remember the actor's yeah, name yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very very tall there's, man, there's yeah. probably a lot of people screaming right now <laughs> telling you the name but uh, yeah it was it, it, it was great to be you know because there was a few few ice warriors back then um, so to just be the that ice warrior the number one and to be brought onto the ship, and to, to I didn't really do my homework on the character, but it just let let the presence come to me. And uh, they, like every character I play on every show, it just it, the presence comes to me, and then I become the character. Life's good, that's acting, right? But uh, yeah, it was it was awesome to play Skaldek. Skaldek. 
<laughs> well, and by doing that, I think you really brought something new to the character, and yeah. instead of really updating the character as opposed to just copying what they did before. Yeah, that's right. And then the 50th anniversary in the Royal Albert Hall in London, I was I, I was supposed to be supposed to be playing Skaldek, and I was really excited, but ended up getting stuck on a contract. Uh, it was a great contract to be on, uh, but I was I was over in Chicago. So I flew over to Chicago on the day of uh, the, the Royal Albert Hall, but I was a little bit gutted, really, to be to, to go to the Albert Hall and to play Skaldek and to be with all the other creatures would have been just out of this world, literally. Do you know what I mean? So maybe, you never know, Doctor Who might invite me back one day. <laughs> of, the, of the three characters that you played, was there one of them that was your favourite? Well... I love every character, like we've spoken in the past, I love every character, I fall in love with every character, become friends with every character. Um, Scarlet was the most confident. Uh, The creature was very emotional, like all the creatures really, but um, I love them all. They're all my friends, so you know, I don't want to make others jealous. You know what I mean? Like, I treat them all equally. But I, I love the experience and feeling that they give these, these creatures give me. Did you have a moment um, when they first called you uh, for, let's say, the God Complex, and you're playing the creature, and kind of maybe mentally preparing yourself for, I'm going to be a monster on Doctor Who? Okay. And then the script arrives, and you're, you're reading it, and I have to think there was probably a moment of, wow, this has really got some depth to it. This isn't just a jump-out-of-the-closet kind of, you know, raw monster. This is, this is a character. This is a fully evolved, fleshed-out character that you get to play. And that's got to be kind of a... I don't know, as an actor, I would think you would really just get super excited and, and jazzed by that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm a big kid. So, uh, <laughs> you, you you know, like my mum used to say to me, she goes, stop being a monster when I was a kid. You know what I mean? And I used to be a kickboxer. I grew up to be a professional kickboxer. And she used to tell me off for kicking people as well when I was a kid. But uh, she said, stop being a monster, stop kicking people. So there must have been something in it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I become very excited. When I land a role, you know, it's like I'm a bit of a spiritual kid as well, so that I, that I haven't chose that monster. That monster's chose me. Do you know what I mean? It's like when you go for these auditions and stuff. They don't. The casting agents they don't know what they want until they see it. Do you know what I mean? Something goes bang. They are there. He is or there. There it is. Um, so when I when I got the creature, I know it, it's quite. I'm smiling inside and I'm warm and I go. You know, it's being introduced to a new friend. And we're both sus and I'm sus and my soul. <laughs> Great timing. Silence it again. No. That's from Keith. Ah. Hi, Keith. <laughs> yeah, they are there. So it's a timing thing, I think. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Where were we? <laughs> but yeah, when I when I become um, the creatures, it, it, you know, it, it's a process as well. You've got to go for your live cast. Uh, and then all the amazing, special, talented people that create these monsters, you know, the, the, these works of art. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a, m- a couple of months to make these suits, you know. There's, and there may be like a crew of 40 in the workshop working on that suit, you know. So, uh, it, and you know, that's why they look so unbelievable. So it's, it's, so, so it's awesome that they allow me to work their baby, you know what I mean? I climb inside their baby and, and give it a beating heart and movement and stuff and feeling and soul and character and the rest is, I don't know, magic I suppose You said that um, you got the roles because you'd worked with the company before what were the roles that you did with the company previously? Um, 
There was a thing called uh, the Spenglers, and they were they were like the freebies. There was like super. I was working with Carl Weathers, believe it or not, and because I, I was a former uh, professional boxer, when when I heard uh, Apollo Apollo Creed was a, uh, I was going to be uh, working with him. I was like, I went out and bought myself a brand new boxing gloves and got him to sign up for it. But anyway, these these creatures. I was playing. Um, what was his name now? Burke Freebie. He was a, like a giant purple comic uh, ape, you know? And he was just... <laughs> he was one of them characters. I don't know if he'd come through, but, you know, I wasn't choking on anything then. It was it was one of them. But And then there was a basketball head. So it was a, a three-foot uh, small person I worked with, and he had a head as a basketball. And then there was uh, Marlowe next to him, and then he just had crazy eyes and stuff like that. And we, we, we drove around in, a, in a, a beach buggy. Do you know what I mean? It's such a shame it didn't go anywhere. It, it was, they were pilots. But um, I think if it, it was just before Kick-Ass came out when we were doing it. So I think if it, if it was on the other side of Kick-Ass, I think it would have went boom. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see them come back again. Yeah, massively. So ho- hopefully one day that, that does get pulled off the shelf and brought back again. So that's my first time I worked with them, uh, and then a, a few others. But yeah, that's where we grew our relationship. And Neil Gordon and his team are just yeah some of the best best out there. And it's just they you know they call me up, and uh, it's just uh, you know sometimes I might not see see him for like a year or two, but it's always great to see him again. And the girls in the office, they look after me, Kate and all that. Mm-hmm. It's great. Could you retell the story uh, of your kids meeting Matt Smith? Yes. I'd like to. Right, okay. So it was the, it was the ep of um, The Widow in the Wardrobe. Um, and I told Matt, it was my, it was my son's 10th birthday. And um, I told Matt, uh, Matt my, my boys are coming up, Bobby, Joe and George. Bobby was six years old then. So uh, my mum was coming up, my partner, and we, uh, so we turned up at Cardiff and they, they turned up on set and they didn't see Matt straight away. And obviously Matt's, were, you know, he was on his coffee break, so he's in full get-up there with his uh, screwdriver and all that, and uh, sonic screwdriver. And uh, I said to him, I said, Matt, my, uh, my boys are going to be here now, they're coming on set, could you, uh, could you say hello, can you get a picture with you? And he's, cause he's such a beautiful guy. You're working on a kids' programme anyway. You know what I mean? But, it's, you know, there's a lot of big kids that get involved with that show as well. But uh, So he comes up to me and goes, what's the names? What's the names? I said, well, Bobby Joe's a small one. And George, George Spencer Wilding is my older boy. And he goes, OK. So they come down, they were sat behind the monitor and they were watching some of our re- retakes. And he come over to, uh, to my boys. And he goes, he gets his sonic screwdriver out. And he goes, Bobby Joe, George, although George just dropped, and I said, I told you, he's real, he's a real time traveller, he's just, he's just landed, he knew your names, how did he know that? Oh, we believe you, Dad, we believe you. There you go, so it won't be long, he'll be going, going into a different galaxy soon. Great story, right? I don't think so. Um, you have one last question. Yeah. Oh, I do have one last question. Um, do you like The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> do you like The Wizard of Oz? Listen, what what person doesn't, for one, it's an iconic film, and it was one of my favourite films, if not the favourite film. But when I was a young boy, I always knew I was going to follow, the, I was going to walk on that yellow bit road or visit Kansas, and I just it was just one of them things that were in my head. And if you look on my Twitter, 
uh, I, I, I say uh, on my Facebook, it's been up there for years, it says follow the Elibit Road, right? Uh, and, and I've always followed the Elibit Road, right? And I'm very excited to get here. And me and the promoter, Gypsy, we've got a connection because we've got, my birthday is July the 26th and his mother was July the 26th. And, uh, and he goes, he goes, listen, we, I've, got, I've got a little story to tell you and it's a true story. He goes, when my mum lived on a farm when she was like three years old, uh, there was some uh, Hollywood scouts, film scouts, coming to come to the farm, and uh, they asked, "Could we use your farm for a film?" Uh, and we'll probably make a model of your farm as well. And it turns out that was the farm in the film. Did you know? Really? That? I didn't know that. <laughs> now you know it. So I just knew, you know, I had a spiritual connection. I just had to come here. I had a feeling. I had a pull to come here. You know. And when I got here, and I went, all right, okay, I understand, because uh, you guys are all beautiful, man. You've got good hearts, and you've been, you've treated me, you've brought me in, and you've opened your door, and you've let me sit in your front room and meet your families and have a cup of tea, and it's just brilliant. And I, I know I'll be back. I had a feeling I, I will be back. And uh, I just want to say to all the listeners out there in Kansas, thank you very much. You're beautiful guys. And I went to one of the schools actually, uh, medal schools, and there were 600 children in the room, and. Uh, Mrs. Nicola, uh, the, the, your principal, I called the headmaster, because we called them headmasters back home, she was amazing, you know, and she had amazing energy and the way she was with the children. But every kid in that room was so respectful and so warm. And they, me, I'm like the Pied Piper around the kids. I, t- I take a lot of kickboxing classes back home for the children. I, I love children. You know I mean, I do. I, I love them. Like, I, I couldn't eat the whole one, but I do love them. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, so there you go. But, yeah, and when I went to the school, and they were just, I was just, I went straight away. The first day we got here, I went to that school, and I went, yeah, listen, if the children are this beautiful, then the parents are great, because it does come through, and they're a great headmaster. So, hat off to Miss, Mrs. Nicola. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to come back, and maybe next year, come and say hello. Well, Spencer, we certainly look forward to seeing you here again next year, and we'll probably come back and ask you a whole bunch of new questions next yeah, time. So right. thank you very much for joining us Thanks, today. Yeah. We appreciate and, it. And, uh, kids, yeah, be careful when you're crossing the road and make sure you follow your dreams. No, no, never let anybody tell you you can't do anything, right? Yeah, stay positive. Don't listen to the negative. But if you do bump into a bit of negative, just turn it into the positive. And there you go. And again, we want to thank Spencer for yeah. uh, offering up his time and sitting down with us. He's a very, very interesting man. And we, we hope he'll come back next year. And we, if he does, we look forward to uh, chatting with him again. And you heard him talk about loving kids and being great with kids. And he really was. Uh, at the end of our panel, there was this little kid. You probably saw maybe on my Facebook. And I don't know if it went on on the Traveling the Vortex Instagram it or It will Twitter. eventually. Uh, this little kid dressed as the 11th Doctor. And... Spencer saw him and immediately, all right, I'm going to fall on the floor. You point your Sonic at me and we'll get a great picture. <laughs> and he was just so great. The kid was almost scared to do it. <laughs> but he was such a cute little kid in great costume, and Spencer just pretty much ate it all up. And how old was he? What, he had to have been four, like maybe? five, maybe, probably. Because I think he was younger than four Katrina. Four or five, yeah. He, tiny, tiny kid. And then really here's, cute here's six foot. How, how tall is he? Six, six seven. seven. Massive. Man, six tall. foot seven, Spencer Welding, lying on the floor with this four-year-old over him with his sonic screwdriver just took out the monster. That's the just, kind of guy if, he is. If you see pictures of us on the stage with him for the panel, 
he he really sits at about the same height as us. Yeah. Don't let that fool you. <laughs> because when he when we it wasn't really cuz I when he came in I was already up there sitting getting kind of prepared. <clears throat> when he came in the door I didn't really kind of notice how tall he was. It wasn't until afterwards when we stepped down off the dais and we were or stage and we were chatting with him, and I was like craning my neck up to see the man. I was like, yeah, and that's only seven inches taller than me because I'm six foot. And yeah. it just was like, wow. Makes all of us look short. Speaking of costumes, did you guys see any really cool cosplay this weekend that you thought I, was I saw a out? number of good Doctor Who ones. There was a really good Amy that I saw with hash marks on her. Oh, I saw her too. I was yeah. going to say, I don't think I saw any Amy's, but now that you say that, I did. She, yeah. was, she was sitting at one of the tables. There was a red Dalek. <laughs> that one was really pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. There was a great uh, Chewbacca and a great Loki today. There was a really good Loki today. Um, one of the things that I was... I saw Penny Dreadful, which kind of, A, blew my mind, because that, that's kind of an off-the-radar thing still. I, in my mind, because I'm kind of new to that show. We just started watching that one. Uh, but also that it was recognizable to me, you know, Ava Green's character, and I went, oh, I know what that's from. <laughs> so I thought that was really kind of cool. I saw two different Elevens from Stranger Things, and one woman who I assume was Winona Ryder's character, because she also had Christmas lights on her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I saw a guy dressed up as the sheriff from Stranger Things, too. We got to the wig episode tonight, so oh, we're, not, we're, now, we're now right, it makes sense. Now it makes total sense. We're right <laughs> at the halfway point. Oh, good show. Um, so it's a lot of good costumes. A lot of good. I was very, very pleased, and impre- maybe because it was the 50th anniversary, maybe because the bridge set was going to be there. Star Trek represented in force at at, at TopCon this yeah. year. I mean, you, you you expect going into any convention, you're going to see some red shirts and. You know, the occasional Kirk and, and Spock. Man, everywhere I looked was original series uniforms. Yeah. And it was it was just... On some movie ones. A couple there of movie ones, movie too. Ones but too. It, but it, original series movie. Original series movie uniforms. I yeah. didn't see much next gen or anything else. Yeah. I saw a classic Trek, and it just kind of warmed my heart a little bit. Yeah. It, was, it was really pretty cool. Really good in the 50th year, so... And, of course, uh, friend of the show, Eric, was, was there as yes, Kirk several different Eric days. And, yes. and, of course, Red Dalek as well. <laughs> <laughs> he was in tow. Uh, we also want to mention that we ran into uh, Kieran and his wife Lisa. I think is her name. Forgive me if, if I'm remembering that wrong. But I, I think, think it's Lisa. Sounds right. I think it's Lisa. Apologies if we're Apologies wrong. Apologies if we're wrong. Uh, but we did get a chance to chat, chat with them. They're with uh, Time Eddie, which is coming up. That'll be our next big convention. Uh, we want to. Uh, it'll be our slash next slash match. What's well, next? It's our next big convention. Be our next big convention. Next big convention. Yeah. Um, in Wichita next month. We do want to mention, because we were apprised by this, uh, apprised to this this weekend. We were informed of this this, this weekend. It's me trying to use words that don't fit. Uh, Ticonga Rota. The vortex, uh, <laughs> the vortex code <laughs> that uh, we were given uh, to give to listeners to get that uh, 20% discount mm-hmm. uh, is still has been extended. So you can still use that code. Uh, it was originally supposed to expire September 1st. They have gratefully given us an extension on that. So if you still haven't bought your Time Eddie tickets, be sure to purchase them through the website. Put in the code VORTEX. And that will get you the twenty percent discount on your tickets. As well. Excellent. So. And as a reminder, it's a dedicated Doctor Who convention. It so is. if you're listening to this, you probably have some passing interest in going to this thing. <laughs> you know who I just realized was there is going to be there, John Peel. 
author the of author? the grandfather Get infestation. Out of here. For I'm real? serious. He's on the website. Oh, I wonder how fast I can order this book. <laughs> A physical copy of this book. Maybe he'll have some there to sell. Maybe he will. Wow, John's going to be there. That's awesome. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Even more reasons to be excited yeah. for time, Eddie. Well, we we'll just get an interview with John while we're in Wichita next, yeah. next month. Great. And I think we should give a shout out to uh, Chris, listener Chris, who came, yeah, to, came to see Chris, us at Yeah, Chris, thanks Top for Gone coming too. by and seeing Yeah, us. thanks for coming by, Chris. It was a joy to finally put all those pieces of how I know you together. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm notoriously bad at. But <laughs> and we did get a couple of uh, How I Came to Who uh, videos yeah. knocked out. Yes, the, 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 uh, the video contest, if you will, is still going on. We'd very much like to have you uh, just send us a little thing that says how you came to Doctor Who, what was your first episode, something along those lines. Uh, and uh, the information on how to go about doing that and getting it to us is on the website. So please go and, uh, and, and do that. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. All right, before we wrap this up, is there anything else we need to chat about? Maybe uh, since uh, we took a week, we're obviously off this week uh, as far as the episode goes, so maybe we should mention what we have coming up. Well, uh, coming up, uh, we're going to do from some Friday Night Who this week, we're going to do the first three episodes of... Uh, Keys of Marinus. Keys of Marinus, thank you. I had it right in front of me and I couldn't read it for some reason. First three episodes of Keys of Marinus. And then our uh, show will actually be, let me make sure I'm looking at the right one. We're going to do Titan Comics uh, this coming week. We're going to do the 10th Doctor issues from season two, one through five. And then we're also going to do some big finish uh, with mainline number 67, Dreamtime, which if I remember correctly, I think is a seventh Doctor story. Could be wrong, might be sixth. It's one of the two. So that is uh, the actual show that uh, we'll be doing for this week. All right. Well, is there anything else we need to touch on before we uh, close this side trip? Thanks to everybody who showed up at TimeCon. I hope you guys had a great time. Very much looking forward to it. TimeCon? TimeCon. Ooh. (laughs) TopCon. It's all right. I've been calling it Planet Comic Con all weekend for an accident, so... Uh, thanks very much to Spencer for yes. uh, for spending the Spencer the, Wilding. Spencer Wilding, <laughs> not gonna go there. Um, and uh, so yeah. All right. Well, if that's gonna do it for this side trick trip, until or mentally fatigued. If that's gonna do it for this side trip, until next time. I'm Glenn. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. <laughs> Cheers. Be seeing you. Good night, everyone. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.